Hi there, welcome to the More Civil Podcast. This is a podcast for Blacks, Asians, and those who love them. I am Mo, and I am your host, ready to spark your curiosity as I take you on this adventurous ride of exploring cultures through the stories of my guests from all over the world. On this show, we get really personal, discussing salient issues that are relevant to our contemporary age and also building community around them. As our guests exercise courage and vulnerability in sharing their life's experiences, we hope that in turn you are inspired by them and that you get the courage in it to set your own stories free. Enjoy the ride and thank you so much for listening. Um, welcome back to the show and from the sound of my voice you're probably not able to tell what makes today especially different but um, my regular co-host Dr. Emunde is not going to be able to join us today due to some unforeseen circumstances well it's just as well because um, um, I, well not just as well but <laughs> I'll be having someone who I would, I've been wanting to share you know their own side of the story and so, because I also know that with Ayomi Day, having him on the show creates for a more robust conversation. So what we plan to do is maybe have this guest of ours come back one time for um, a, a live show so we can have um, the three of us and explore other questions we weren't able to get to on this episode. For those joining us for the first time, welcome. My name is Mel. And if you stick to the very end of this podcast episode, there's a surprise waiting for you that you do not want to miss. So, well, um, without further ado, I think I should just say welcome uh, my husband, actually. Yay. For those who are not um, familiar with him, we call him T-Dog. He was actually named on this podcast, I think, two seasons ago, two or three seasons ago. And we've been married for um, 12 years Almost, oh sorry, 11 years. My, my mouth is kind of shaky. But anyways, without further ado, everyone join me in welcoming T-Dog, my dear husband, to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for the rousing ovation. <laughs> it's glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. Well, it's really nice to have you. And shout out to the Pokwalas, by the way, Tutu and uh, Mr. Kenny. I actually reached out to them for some questions and I told them you're coming on the show. They were like, oh, it's always nice to have T-Dog. So you see, you have fans. I always keep telling you that, but you'll be doing Shakaya before you come on the show. So um, today we'll be exploring just um, like a wonderful aspect of his life and around the thing we've had so far this month. In month of June, we've been covering topics related to men, and today's topic will be about Father's Day. And for those of you who might not be aware, uh, we finalized the adoption of our daughter two months ago. We've actually had her for two years before we were able to adopt her. Um, we began as foster parents, and while today's topic will be exploring just, you know, T-Dog's experience being a dad and all of the fancy stuff that comes with it, we might not be able to get to the questions about the nitty-gritty of, you know, fostering adoption. We just really want to focus, you know, this story on T-Dog alone and hopefully in future episodes together, we're able to explore additional parts of it. So T-Dog, 
I guess um, welcome welcome once again to the show. And I think first of all, sir, greetings from Salt Lake City. So um, I hope you've been enjoying Utah. Yeah, kind of it. Why do you always do yeah. every time you come on the show? I mean, given the fact that it's 11 p.m., that's it's actually 10 10 p.m. You know, Utah time, Mountain time. Mm. Anyways, we're kind of kind of knackered again. One of the things about being parents is if you're holed up in a hotel room with a toddler, you have to wait until they go to bed. And so if you hear our voices go down like two octaves, it's because we don't want to wake our daughter up. We're all in one, you know, one hotel room. But um, oh, before I even go on, we have a promo currently on our Instagram. We would like to sponsor a father-child, you know, date. We began that last year. So go check out our Instagram page at the More Simple Podcast to find out how you might be able to qualify for that promo. Uh, well, also T Dog, I have known you for eighteen years now, I think, and uh, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've, I knew you as a friend. I want to be French learner. Uh, I've known you as a teacher, as a brother, uh, as brother. an advisor. Uh, what kind of brother? <laughs> I, <laughs> Silly one, kid. brother in the Lord. Brother in the Lord, yes. Um, as a as a husband, as a lover, I've seen you as an uncle with your you know your nieces and your nephews, and I've seen you as a son, like that role of a son to your parents. I've seen you even as a nephew to you know your uncles, and now as a father. And I think because I've known you in so many ways in the past two years or so, seeing you as a father, I know you always say kids love you, but I didn't get to experience that until we began, you know, um, fostering her affair. And I just want to say the submission of this is a tribute to you because I think you're a good, good father. So I think, um, first of all, how was your relationship with your father like and how did it affect your view of fatherhood? I look back at um, my childhood and, um, you know, I I think my father was, was present, was a very strong disciplinarian, and, um, you know, he was a good breadwinner, you know, he tried his best, you know, in the capacity that he could to raise up, you know, um, godly children and give us a, a quality education as best as he could and all that. Um, he was also a very strict disciplinarian and, um, you know, even though most of the memories I have are, you know, being beaten, you know, for um, not not being, you know, the best in my class. You know, when we bring up, you know, bring home the report cards, if you guys remember oh. what those, you know, look like. And then comparing to your twin. Know, and then comparing to your twin and then comparing to your classmates. Like, there was one time I was fifth. You know, and he was like, so those that were first, they have two heads. I know there was a time that he was doing a little better than me. And then I think he eventually flipped. Um, maybe he was in secondary school, maybe, you know, but yeah. But, um, yeah, just, um, I just remember being, you know, beaten and at a very young age, you know, I started, I guess that's kind of made me want to be better and want to be the best because I knew my dad would beat me if I wasn't, yeah, yeah. you know. But anyway, um, just, you know, wrapping it up, um, 
think I'm going on a tangent here. So he said, "What was my relationship with my dad?" So he was a strict disciplinarian, but he was also very hardworking. Yeah, and, very hardworking, yeah, pro- dependable, a good yeah. provider. Yeah. And, you know, he was very um, prudent with money and all yeah. that stuff. So I yeah. picked up a couple of things from him. Yeah. We had some good memories. Yeah. You know, I still remember to today. To he would whistle and call me. <laughs> and the way he whistled. How does he call you? And in, how does he whistle to call Kendi? I uh, like. That's like Kendi, and, and then. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was some fun times. I yeah. remember him also. You know, where he used to work before, we'll go to his office and then he would steal. No, no, CAPL. Then and then he would, um, you know, um, make us, you know, recite the multiplication table. Mm. Then you know, hands and when we're on mm. vacation and then on lunch break, you take us to your cafeteria and then we'll go eat and mm. we're always looking forward to that. So those were good memories. But I remember yeah. the ones where he vlogged us and all yeah. that one. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, look at your eyes just glow when you talk about your dad. I know we, when we went to Nigeria, you know, this past we, um holiday, he celebrated his 80th birthday and there was a time where people came out to say things about him and I felt like I don't really know your dad and but they were all positive things, just kind of pressing it was. Especially your siblings, the way they talked about you know, each and every one of them, the impact it's had on you know, your lives. So, um, I guess you are not strict, strict, but you're quite disciplined. And I guess, what would you say your parenting style is like? How would you describe it? I kind of laid back, but you know, some element of um, well, I say some, you know, sometimes you have to be firm, you know, but yeah, not always giving in to the request of the child or the toddler and stuff like that, you know, um, because you are supposed to be the older one guiding the child, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, not always giving in to doing whatever the child wants yeah. you know when you know it's not necessarily the best thing for the child so yeah. that might come off as strict but you know the structure that you provide yeah and consistency yeah and I, well, I have to say that you know I've learned a lot from Tyrell and especially when you have a toddler who is you know quite I won't call her willful but she, she knows what she wants she's quite assertive and uh, she just knows what she wants because I, I never want to talk about her in a way that she wouldn't be proud of listening in the future. But if you ever get to listen to Arifa, we love you so much and thanks for coming to our lives. So um, for those that haven't been following our story for quite a while, we've been married for 11 years coming this month and we've had our struggles with, you know, trying to have kids naturally, um, tried IVF cycles, I've undergone several surgeries, um, laparoscopies, laparotomies, just name them and um, field IVF cycles. I think I've talked about that. And then miscarriages. And and I know even before you met me, when you met me, one of the things I always said was I'd always wanted to adopt. I had kind of seen adoption as something that was going to be part of my story. I didn't know how. It was just this dream God gave to me. And it was one of the things I told him when I met him before we even got married. But having a dream and having it come true, those are two different things. But I guess my question would be... Um, what lessons did you say you've learned over the years while trying to give back to, you know, 
your own child that has your own biological bearings? Yeah, just being um, more, I would say, emotionally, you know, working to be more emotionally there, um, being more um, kind and more empathetic, I guess, towards people that are going through similar struggles um, and um, not, like, worrying too much about stuff that you can't change, I guess. So. Yeah. Um, thank you. Those are good ones, you know. Don't worry too much. So, um, I remember the first time I ever told you about wanting to begin just the plans about adoption. Do you remember? When Austin then, it was after church service and this group of people had come to church to give some talks about churches getting more involved in fostering and adoption and they had planned a seminar after service and per our usual routine after service we'll just walk to the car maybe go to the atrium say hi to our friends and then make our way to the car but i wanted to go for that seminar and i remember telling you hey let's go and you had this look on your face of just anger like never like almost like adoption never and i've never seen you up until that time i'd never seen you be so strongly adamant about something and be that strongly strongly against something because you're not that kind of I mean you don't express this kind of um, big emotions and I knew even as a wife that my wily ways as a wife wasn't going to make you turn around so I just took it to God and I never mentioned it again but suddenly I think four years later you were like oh yeah let's let's try again I guess my question is what made you? What would you say really made you change your mind about fostering and adoption? Because I have to acknowledge the cultural difficulties, you know, being a, an African man and wear blood ties, and all those. Um, like your your blood is such a big deal, and for good reasons because we're very um, I don't know we're open and we're also closed in certain areas. I guess my question for you would be: What really? What would you say made you change your mind about that? Yeah, at um, some point, I mean, at the corner of my mind, I remembered, you know, what you said years ago, you know, about wanting to adopt and, you know, like, you know, I could see that you had that longing to, you know, mother a child. So not M-U-R-D-A-R, <laughs> M-O-T-H-E-R. <laughs> but anyway. Um, I didn't know the same thing, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, so... Like, sure, let's give it a try and see how it goes, you know. So, I guess the lesson here is for wives who might have a strong feeling about this, but their husbands are here to come on board, is don't don't rush it. Because <clears throat> it came as a surprise when he changed his mind and, you know, started, in fact, I'd given up. I wasn't even thinking about doing it again. And even when he came first to start um, doing our trainings as foster parents, he was on. I kept reminding me, hey, you know, you need to begin this process. I kind of given up about it. So for you to say you really thought I was ready, I mean, it's funny how you're seeing things that I didn't even remember was there. So, but I want to say thank you because if not for you um, giving us the opportunity, I don't think, well, I don't know what our story would have been like, you know. Uh, I can't even imagine what our story would have been like, but I want to say, say thank you. And from, you know, again, wives that are listening to this, um, keep praying and keep being patient, but don't 
force it okay these are things that are very delicate i think just exploring the the whys behind the reasoning and not in a way to manipulate or change it but just to understand it i think that will you know um and take it back to god and pray about it so um so we began fostering and i remember even when the caseworker came to the house guys it was a long process we i mean i gave up almost gave up one time like i'm done with all these trainings they ask you for so many stuff. You do so many trainings, so many um, paperwork that had to be filed. And because we've lived in different states, every state you have to do all the background checks. But I know when we now came to the end of the journey as a way, before they started placing kids in our homes, in our house, rather, was there was a question about, do you want to be foster parents or adoptive parents? You remember what you said? Foster. Is it foster only? Like, we're not adopting, we're just fostering. And a part of me just laughed, like, you know, I kind of knew that something was going to change along the line. But again, um, don't force anything. And do you remember the first time you saw Arifa? What was the what was your impression about her when you first saw her? I've not really asked you this question before. Mm, I just saw a child that needed help <laughs> yeah 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 i have this picture of you guys you were sitting in the living room on the leather couch your legs crossed and you plopped her on your feet and you were feeding her i have that that's the very first picture i took of you and her together and and i think i i, I should say this i like the way you you just enter that role like it was not like a no-brainer for you you know um i i had some struggles about you know the whole mom thing but I think you were definitely more confident, you know. Um, of course, respectfully doing it because we know that she still had her first parents in her life. So, so we're not jumping on the mom and dad board yet. But I guess um, my question for you would be this: for those who think that if you don't birth a child, you know that is like if you don't, if the child is not yours, like when I say yours, like you didn't go through that whole nine months, you know, pregnancy, it's difficult for you to bond. What would you say helped you? Because you guys are you have a special bond that I find, you know, so cute and sometimes a tad bit jealous about it because I'm like, dang it, this is really good. Like, um, and I'll talk about why I think of that, you know, in a bit. But I'm just curious to know, um, how do you, how would you say you guys bonded? Like, what really helped you guys, you know, um, bond? How did you and, how did you and Arifa, you know, bond? Mm, same way, I bond with children in the hospital. So. Come on, though. Yeah, I mean, you can't be taking care of yeah, just child. the proud but so he's a is a child whisperer. Like kids love him. They naturally grafted towards him. I not so much for good reasons. I don't like all kids. I only like a few that I like. So but oh sorry, go ahead. I digress. I, I interrupt, sorry. Yeah, I mean, you know, children I mean, I've had experience with kids, you know, at work, taking care of newborns and all that stuff and kids in the clinic and all that. You know, so you know, I change diapers, you know, in the hospital and stuff like that. But that's you different. Know, you don't get to take them home. You don't get to, like, you know, change their diapers, like, every day, almost. Yeah, I guess we're just in it. Yeah. See, it has address. And, um, but what would you say as far as to encourage those who might think that they could never bond with the child that is not theirs? Did you have any struggles? I mean, the main thing that, you know, 
uh, at the very beginning when the whole issue of, well okay the specific question was bonding yeah but what did you want to say yeah when it got to the point of adoption oh yeah you know of course you know in this uh climate yeah climate so our child is biracial by the way so she's biracial but she looks more white than you know her other ethnicity mm-hmm. yeah so but anyway yeah that was the only issue i had you know because we still get lots of heads you know turning yeah, when you're with, yeah, you know yeah. with the child and yeah yeah you like usually it's the other way around you see a white couple with like a black kid and yeah. you know obviously that was an adopted child yeah <laughs> you had yeah. to see black folks adopting white kids so, so true or even black folks ado- adopting i remember a case of a shout out to um pat allen she was um a dhs which is the department of um human services i think um she was very impressed that not even just blacks but you know nigerian immigrants wanting to adopt because many black kids get you know sucked in the system and they try to place kids of the same culture with parents of the same of the same culture but that's kind of hard so here's just a plug-in for those who are, might be able to foster or even adopt to consider it because they need more black families to be to be um, represented remember the first trip we had to austin when we got her like a month after we got her and when hb i remember you had her in front of you like the you had you had used the what's the word the baby carry stuff in mm-hmm. front of you and there was this person that was just staring at you and following you around and it wasn't long after the whole George Floyd incident I know Ty was so uncomfortable the stairs you were getting and it was I didn't realize how how much of a big deal it was for you until you started talking about if you were even considering you know wanting to go on further in this relationship you know mm-hmm. so how did you work around that issue because you clearly don't have those um, opinions anymore I mean those opinions might still be there but they're not quite as um, impactful as they were before. I mean, it's not, I'm not, I mean, not like one really worked around it. It's, it's still a glaring issue. Yeah. You know, but you just don't pay attention to it. But yeah. you obviously, you know, don't let your guards down, you know. Um, and of course, when people see you, you know, um, I guess if the child, it's just normal psychology. If you see the child being uncomfortable with, you know, someone that you don't think is a father, then you think, oh, maybe this child was adopted or something. You know, you think maybe the child was ad- abducted, mm. you know, but, you know, it's not something that I really yeah. think about anymore. Yeah. And I even remember when we went to Nigeria, you were a little bit very uncomfortable taking her with us because like, oh, she looks so different. But that's a totally different story, but she had so much fun. She had so much fun and we're glad we were able to take her to go see her family. So, my next question would be this. What would you say has been the best thing about, you know, being a father so far through, you know, our process that was a bit unconventional with the whole adoption thing? That was like our first foray, your first foray into fatherhood. What would you say has been the best thing so far about it? Mm, I mean, just seeing her drive, you know, be happy, you know. He told her almost all of our developmental milestones, and yeah. yeah, I think that that's been that's made the whole process worthwhile. So yeah, yeah. I guess um, combined with your medical knowledge, and you know, some of mine as well as uh, strong advocacy skills, able to really advocate for her and you know make sure she. 
she got everything she needed to you know meet all of those development developmental milestones and i think even kudos to her because she's super resilient right mm-hmm. she's a child that i mean talk about just resiliency and we i don't know if i'm ever gonna be able to share the story i hope when she's older we can share it together because it's not really mine to tell but if you ever get to listen to it i really like you're super resilient and i hope you always remember that um I guess my question for you would be this. So we started with fostering and there's so many um, processes that went from fostering to now realizing that, hey, there's a potential for this child to be adopted. And even when we got that opportunity, it was almost like a year after, before we could legally, you know, get her. And I was in nervous wreck, you know. My anxiety was just over the roof. And all this while, wow, guys, you know, we have a, we're having court meetings, writing court reports, and you know interaction with her first parents and you just see a lot you hear a lot and my heart had to go through a lot of transformation you seem to have been very grounded and sometimes almost to the point of just frustration for me because i'm like why are you so calm you know rome is born in nero like why are you playing the fiddle so i guess um what what what, what made you so confident during those times and I think, I mean, you were quite encouraging on some days, but some days I would have wanted you to be on the same level of, you know, of despair that I was. But hey, it's okay. But as, I guess what made you so confident? I won't call it confidence. It's, I mean, you know me. My personality, I I mean, yeah, I could worry sometimes, but, you know, when you realize that, you know, there are some things that are out of your control and, you know, um, that God's got her best interest in mind, yeah. you know, you wouldn't worry about anything. You just become and, and just wait as events unfold. So, hmm. Well, thank God for you. <laughs> I remember something you said, like, whether it happens or not, or it doesn't happen, we'll be fine. Um, I guess my next question would be, what's the most challenging thing about, you know, this whole process for you? What process? Fathering a child through adoption. Challenging? You know how to, like, switch your schedule around. Well, you're lucky, because we'll get stuck at home. When she's sick. Huh? Huh? Who's gonna work from home? Take her to the doctor's office. Of course you don't have any check. This question should be for me, not for you. Well, I pull my weight too. Yeah, so yeah, I guess when she's sick and stuff like that, that you know, schedule's thrown off a bit. Thank God you have a flexible job. Take that flexibility away, you know how to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, and I guess even when we have to travel, having to arrange like childcare uh, for some trips that we're able to take her to respite, you know, that can be quite difficult because we don't have a we don't have our family staying with us. We have friends and community, but um, people are so busy and they have full lives, so sometimes that can be hard to schedule. Now, one of the things I like about both of you is that. You have your thing, you have your rhythm. Like you do, like a little bit of rough play with her, and she knows to come to you when she needs, you know, that tune up. 
And I like that she's so confident in knowing that you're going to meet her needs. And I think there was one time I said to her, man, I wish you were my daddy growing up, you know, because I can definitely tell how her confidence is going to be quite adequate, even I think a little bit more adequate than usual, just because of the of the way you are with her. Like you have this openness, you're, you're, you're kind of in tune. Like when she hears a car, she goes, die. And she runs and I think she says die like this. That would just be swearing like when you go <laughs> she has that wrapped around her little fingers. Like I just throw the ATM at her. I guess, um, and I, I know I'm, I'm second. You know, I'm like, I, who do you think is a favorite, you or me? Who do you think? I think, I think she, she does this thing like love the one you're with. Whenever she's with me, she makes me feel like I'm the only person in the world. Whenever she's with Tyra, I think between both of us, she likes both of us. But I guess. Um, I mean, it's just good to say. I just want to put that out there. I like the way you are with her. I like, you know, how very patient. You're very patient. You're super patient. Like, even when you lose your cool, I'm always laughing at the way you try to reprimand her. Meanwhile, me already, almost I've locked her up in, you know, police station in my mind. But you're so gentle. You know, there's a way you correct, you know, without raising your voice, uh, which is really good because I'm just a Nigerian mom, you know. Um, but what would you say is your favorite thing about her so far? Favorite thing. Yeah. That's a hard one. <laughs> oh, silly one, K. I mean, she's, she's a happy child. You know, she's super friendly. It's her fault. Yeah, and she's, um, seems like a pretty go getter. You know, she, she knows what she wants and she goes for it. So. Yep. I think she, that's going to take her very far in life. And her problem-solving skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I know I might be a little bit biased, but I think she's she's super smart. Yeah, she hangs around with very smart people. So Yeah, like me, right? Yeah, she's super, super smart. Sorry, Faye, when you ever listen to this, always remember those qualities we, we've seen in you. We hope that you always remain, remain happy. And um, your love for people. She genuinely, she genuinely loves people without holding back and she's also very forgiving when you like when I lose my cool and I maybe you know raise my voice at her or just do something she doesn't like or she even has a booboo she's so quick to you know forgive and forget like you want to just hold her or tickle her and apologize that's it you know she doesn't hold a grudge she doesn't no she might hold a grudge I come and spank you later if you do something that she doesn't like but that's just about it but she's you know um I guess um, we're winding down now, but I wanted our parents to know. So, given that she's uh, adoption is transcultural adoption, because we are raising a child who has some there's some intersections of our culture that are not part of ours. Um, how do you plan keeping her connected to her kin and culture, the Caucasian part of her? Right. I mean, she's got, we've got, you know, friends, right? That are Caucasian, so. And I've got parents, too. Yeah, so. Shout out to Tony and, sorry, Gigi and Pops. Yeah. Yeah. She's also got um, Charlie and um, Donna. Yes. She can learn from those ones, too. (laughs) That was just dropping. She's T-Dog is dropping all of his white contacts. (laughs) 
He's like dropping names. I'm not racist. I have black friends, that kind of thing. Um, I think one of the things we learned, I know one of our therapists, so I've been in therapy individually. Um, I've also attended parenting classes to learn more about trust-based relationships, especially for children that have come through the system. And one of the things we learned was having a united front. I think that was that was one parenting tip that I think we can pass along. Not, not that you guys were asking, because we found out that if we're not united, she could find the cracks, because kids are very good in finding the cracks. How did they first discover just how... I think there was one time that she asked me for one of her go-go juice, and I didn't give it to her. And then she walked past me and went to you, die, die. And I realized that, my goodness, you know, this girl knows that if mom says no, he, she can go meet dad and dad can say yes. And then we start communicating in codes. I'm just worried that it, it, the older she gets, the more she start deciphering languages Then we can no longer speak to her in Yoruba as a way to bypass, you know, her knowledge. But I guess um, what are the things that you pass on to parents as far as um, maybe raising kids that they didn't come by, that came by through adoption, or just some parenting tips you'd like to pass across to parents? Not that we figured it out, though, so. <laughs> I mean, parenting a child, whether it's biological or not, mm. like, I don't think it's just the same parenting tips. You figure it out as you go. You know, you just have to be patient with the child. Know that the child is not an adult. You know, yeah. you're the adult. Um, supposed to be more patient and, you know, um, yeah, just trust your instincts. Um, but again, you know, if you feel like you're doing things that are not in the best interest of the child, you know, then take a step back and um, address your actions and your, you know, motives and everything you're doing. Yeah. So, anyway. Okay. What values, what what are the three important, most important values you believe should be imparted to a child from a father? Values impacted to a child by a father. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say this feeling of self-worth. Mm-hmm. You know, that, you know, she's worthy and, you know, she's loved. And um, that she can achieve whatever she sets her heart to do. Yeah. yeah. So self worth, love, and just a grit to get things done. I like that. I think um, not that you know. I think you said it said it best. I think definitely. I hope that she's she remains kind, you know, and never lose sense of community. The world is quite a mysterious place, can be full of bad things happening, but I hope that she's not jaded by the bad things and that she's above, you know, kind, not just to others, but also to herself. Um, so if you could leave a message to Arifa. So our daughter's name is Arifa Oluwa, and in Yoruba, it means we have seen the love of God. Um, she had a nickname when we first got her, and so the name we gave her is like an extension of that. And it has the Ari part of it was actually my contribution. And I'd like to give some credit to my Korean sister, Sylvia, for helping with picking out this name, Ari. And if you're Lua, it's Taiwan's contribution. Um, Ari has different names, meanings in different languages. In Hebrew, it means Lion of God. In um, Korean, it's um, Arum Dab.
도 영원한 하나님의 진리 안에 있는 자. Meaning someone who is beautiful and eternal in the love of God. And all of our name beautifully just points to how much God loves us because he, that he chose us to be our forever parents. I mean, we don't think that's like, you know, a coincidence. And we're very, very grateful. Um, I guess my, my final question will be, will be this. People tend to look at adoption, especially adopting kids as, oh, you're doing the child a favor. And I strongly beg to differ because if anything, we are the lucky ones. We feel so blessed that she's a part of our family unit and she's embedded in our story forever. I guess, um, what are some of the, what are some of the other thoughts you like to put as a counter, um, thought against that argument? about how people tend to view adoption. If you could make a correction to those perceptions, what, what, what would those corrections be? About how? You know how people just think that, oh, uh, she's so, you know how sometimes you hear things like, oh, she's so lucky, oh, she's so lucky. And I'm like, she's so lucky? Like, what does that mean? We are the lucky, I mean, look at us, you know? I think it's both ways. I mean, just like the marriage, right? You know. Yeah, you're lucky to have married to me, right? Yeah, and yeah. you're equally fortunate to have <laughs> married to me. I think it's a it's a mutual it's a mutual thing. But yeah. She definitely adds to our joy, and um, she also blessed to have us as her parents because yeah. we're wonderful people too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, are there any thoughts you'd like to share, maybe before we as a rounding off and all that? Thoughts about what? Just maybe some questions I've asked so far that you'd like to maybe add some thoughts to or, you know, um, yeah. Uh, well, no, just add, just generally, is, I mean, parenting is, is hard, you know. If you're doing it the right way, you know, if you're a parent and, um, well, you eventually get into a rhythm and, you know, things begin to flow and get better. But, you know, being a parent takes sacrifice, you know, it takes commitment, you know, and, um, you know, one thing I'll just say is, you know, parents out there, please spend more time with your children and, you know, raise them, you know, in a godly way. And for those that are not, you know, Christians or believers, you know, raise them to be good people, you know, instill, you know, good values and morals in your children. If we had more, you know, parents and um, fam, um, yeah, more parents doing this, um, I think there'll be less ill in the, in the world. You know, the society will be a better place, you know, because most of the things we see happening in the world right now, you know, are, you know, products of people from broken homes and broken marriages. And, you know, I mean, lots of people, you know, grew out of, aged out of the foster system, you know, bounced out, from, you know, bounced from house to house, you know. So you can just imagine the resentment they had, yeah. you know, being bounced around towards their parents, the society at large, you know, and those people are more likely to, you know, not be well educated and 
you know, do odd jobs and be, you know, in yeah. poverty and all that. And that, and guess what? These are the same people that would turn around and commit more crimes and then be institutionalized and all that. So it's kind of like a vicious, vicious cycle. cycle. We're all in this together. You know, yeah. so raise your child, you know, to be kind, you know, to value all lives as equal, yeah. you know, and um, to just try to make the world a better place. Yeah, yeah. And I also add to that, we don't believe that everyone is cut out to be a foster parent or adoptive parent, but there's a way we can still be, you know, positive influence in the lives of the children around us, maybe by proxy, maybe through our family members or our friends. You could be the fun aunt, the mentor, the babysitter, um, however you can help, you know, please help that. There's this question I really think I have to ask before you go real quick. So growing up, you probably had an idea about how you wanted your family to be from. How many kids did you want growing up as a child? Do you imagine you'd have? Yeah, we talked about that one where... Yeah, I'm, I'm, but they don't know that though. Yeah, I think you said, was it three, three or four? Yeah. yeah. So how you imagined your family was going to be formed versus how it's going to be formed. What's your, what would you have to say about that? Are there some things that don't add up yet? Or are there some things that are to be explored? Is this way better than you thought? Or I mean, it's life. Yeah. It's evolving, so we just move with it and just trust God. Yeah. What kind of dad did you think you wanted to be when you were younger? Do you think you're that kind of dad now? I never thought about what kind of dad I was going to be. just thought you were going to have kids, but you think about the kind of dad you were to be. It's funny because no, I never thought about the mom I want. I never thought about being a mom. Yeah. Even I mean, a wife, but that's a different story, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I knew I was going to... I mean, because of my personality and patience, yeah. and, you know, I I knew I was going to be a good dad anyway. So... Yeah. So, um, finally, what we... So, want to leave a message to her if I, as if you're talking to her, she gets to listen to it. So, think of it like a time capsule. What would you like to say to her? Die, die, die. Well, Arifah, ever since we, you know, laid eyes on you and saw you and started caring from you, you, you brought joy to us and, you know, we've seen you grow, we've seen you um, mature into the woman you hopefully are now. And, um, couldn't be more proud of who you become and um we're so thankful for that how things turned out yes um for me i'll just say uh, um i was speaking korean because i guess it will convey the emotions so you have to learn to still you have to go learn korean like you have to learn korean Ari, if I know by now, you probably know how to speak it. Ari, Aria, Teona Joso, Kumao, Uri Samewa Joso, Kumao, Tincha Ari, Himbok, Himboke Junun Saram. No, yeah. Uri Himbok Hake Saigiru, Para. Oma, Apanun, Ariru, Nomusarangi. We love you so much. And like, you know, Daddy just said, 
Thank you so much for bringing so much joy into our lives. You are our beloved, and there's nothing you'll ever do that make us less proud of you. Uh, you're more than enough. You're worthy. Like Daddy said, you're worthy. And you always have our love, and we'll always keep you in our hearts, and we love you so, so much. So we hope you always remember that, and we live a happy and a long life. Thanks for being born, and thanks for coming to us. All right, Daddy. Bye. All right. Peace out. Happy Father's Day, T-Dog. Thank you. It's your first official one, and look at you. Good to see you. And thanks for coming on the show again. Yeah, yeah. Pay me the money. <laughs> All right, everyone. Um, we hope you liked this episode. And thank you for sticking to the end. If there are more questions you'd like, to explore, like for us to explore, please let us know. And you can email us at talktomore.com. Or check out the website www.mosibo.com. We also have our Instagram page at the More Civil Podcast. And don't forget about our Facebook uh, Father's Day promo. We will be sponsoring a father-child duo on a date. Anywhere in the world, we're going to just, you know, we, the participants can be from anywhere in the world. So go check our Instagram page for the promo. Thank you, guys, and peace out. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, before I forget, as promised, here's a surprise. Enjoy. Hey, babe. So, are you friend? I wanted to share something with you. Hey, I just want to say you are incredibly amazing as a father. You're patient, loving, God-fearing, and definitely the good cop. I'm incredibly lucky to be able to do this parenting thing with you, especially considering how unconventional our start was. Arifa and I love you very much. Bye. Daddy. Daddy. Daddy.